This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Welcome back to the show. We're in the last hour of the show right here on Power 98.7, the Monday installment of the Power Zone. Thank you very much to everybody that joined us from midnight to where we are now. We're inching closer to the top of three. But then I told you that in the last hour of the show, I have two conversations. One would be on the ICJ and then, you know, our usual feature on Monday where we go into Monday motivation. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll be looking forward to welcoming uh, Pastor Homozo Mudisele, who will join us and take us to the top of three. But now I want us to really shift our focus to developments coming out of uh, that particular court. Remember uh, that all eyes were on South Africa in terms of us, how we boldly uh, just moved uh, uh, to really go into that space uh, and push uh, for this apex case. Uh, when you look at it, a landmark ruling uh, coming through on Friday, the order handed down uh, by the court being held as a landmark victory for international law and human rights as well as hope for humanity in both the political and civil society sphere. So we know very well that there was no ceasefire or explicit uh, expression from the justices there that would order um, you know, Israel from you know, more or less uh, pushing for this war. Uh, but then we saw South Africa really coming out victorious in terms of the orders that we had wanted here uh, the provisional orders uh, that we had pushed for uh, through that team that we sent uh, to the Hague. Uh, so here uh, we're seeing the measures ordering Israel to really stop the killings and the harming of people in Gaza. It stopped them from inflicting conditions designed uh, to bring about the destruction of the people there in Gaza uh, to punish incitement uh, in terms of what has been happening there and to allow humanitarian aid to move through uh, that particular space and to save uh, evidence here uh, that uh, really when you look at it would push uh, to show us that there's a clear picture of genocide in terms of what South Africa was pushing here and they have to within a month also uh, just push to report to the ICJ in terms of the implementations of some of these uh, particular issues. I have Tapelo here who's joining in uh, who'll just give us a reaction here but we're on 0861 What were your impressions of that particular ruling? Um, are you seeing us really up bit about uh, really how we fared here and really how would you like South Africa uh, to be seen looking at how then I think almost all of the justices voted for South Africa where this ruling is concerned. We're there by X. We go by at PowerFM987 at Katlerolorodi underscore. We're also running behind the hashtag PowerZone this morning as we go into our conversation with the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce. President Tapelo, good morning. So welcome to the show. Uh, compliments to you, uh, Katleho, and your team, as well as your powerful listeners of PowerZone. Compliments to you as well, and welcome to the show. I mean, that uh, what we saw on Friday was a landmark ruling. When you look at how then we approached uh, the ICJ, a lot of people were also skeptical about our case, saying that as South Africans, you know what I mean? Why are we finding ourselves playing in those spaces? Others even saying that uh, we are basically putting ourselves as a target here uh, to really be attacked by Israel and who 
whoever is supporting them, the U.S. and the backlash that would come from us approaching the ICJ. But we've silenced our critics here uh, through that ruling that we saw play out on Friday. Well, uh, maybe let me first say that uh, we would agree that uh, it is loaded as historic, but Mm. uh, we don't want to rush to the bigger ways of landmark. Um, And and I'll I'll explain why. Um, It's historic in a sense that uh, we all agree that it's victory for human rights, uh, so as a result, uh, you know, as the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce, of course, we we believe that everyone everywhere in the world, uh, irrespective of your race, gender, you know, origin, religion or sexual orientation, mm. you really must enjoy your right to your, your basic right to life. So that's why we are saying it's historic at that level. The reason why we want to distinguish between historic and landmark mm. is because for us it was going to be a landmark, uh, you know, ruling as well as a landmark step if we would have done this in South Africa for one of our African states. Mm. Now we ignored all of them when they went through all, us, uh, you know, all sorts of pain. But now we were quick to rush to Ukraine. We were quick to rush to the ICJ because we know that we want oil from the Arab nations. So for us, it's not landmark, it's just historic. Mm. But also uh, the way that we advanced our case. I mean, when you look at, uh, we can look at all of the motivations behind why we went there. Uh, but one of the things that have been, uh, you know, significant and has been consistent uh, coming from South Africa uh, was uh, the safeguarding of lives right uh, in terms of how then things have been faring there and how then we would also push for uh, palestine to have a right to determine and to have a right to exist within that particular strip and i think the the case of genocidal intent even though maybe you may look at the motivations to say uh you know we could have started here at home instead of us maybe pushing to go to the world in this particular fashion it still says to us that we are a country that values humanity Yes, that's correct. And that's what I'm saying. It's historic in that sense. Uh, but it was really, as you said, very landmark if maybe we could have started from Zimbabwe right up to uh, to the north of, of, of Africa. But maybe let's focus on the victory now to say, um, as much as we value the issue of humanity, which is what distinguishes South Africa. And then I was listening to some of the you know so-called political uh, analyst. It's a pity that we, we in the in the country here, Katleho, uh, we, we we have uh, this uh, poverty when coming to uh, you know political analysts. Uh, yeah. Everyone wakes up and say I'm a political analyst. But when you compare a pothole and a move to the, to go to the ICG and say you have potholes but you are rushing to to the ICJ, then for yeah. me you are not a political analyst. So. Here, the move was because of the loss of lives. So because we wanted to demonstrate to the world that we really value the basic right to life, we also value the right for people who are in distress to be able to access human, humanitarian uh, you know, assistance.
Yeah. And also when you look at it, I want us to then bring it back home. Like you mentioned that, you know, we have issues here at home. Uh, there have been that school of thought as well uh, that says that we should have more or less uh, championed and pushed for issues on the continent uh, to be, uh, you know, addressed by courts like the ICJ, uh, like, uh, you know, more or less what we see happen actually at global uh, stages. Uh, maybe give us a sense then of how South Africa can go about some of these issues uh, that we have uh, playing out. Practical example, our neighbor, uh, uh, you know, Zimbabwe, things are not uh, as, as proper, as clear as how they should have been. There was also a concern raised uh, by, uh, you know, the observers when they were there on the ground during the elections where they raised issues of gaps, uh, but things are still ongoing as if uh, it's Uhuru there. Uh, maybe, maybe let's talk about how South Africa can go about then approaching some of these issues uh, looking at what you've mentioned to say it would have been landmark if we started here at home well maybe an example of a zimbabwe is a a classical one um right now as we speak Mm. we are saying there are groupings there that are going to borders to say uh, no these foreigners are coming in to do one two three and one two three forgetting that we are the makers of this pro we are the creators Mm and orchestrators of this current problem. Uh, Zimbabwe used to be, for instance, a food basket of Africa. Mm. And then we interfered with their own internal politics to an extent that even the former president went there and lied to the world that the elections were free and fair. When other observers said, in fact, there were no elections, there was just violence and chaos. So Mm. when we have created... Uh, chaos and, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of instability in Zimbabwe. People had no option but to cross the border. Now, when they come here, after we created chaos in their, you know, stable country, we now call them foreigners. We now want to chase them back. So that's the danger when you don't manage your international relations properly. Now, because it's, it's a pity that, you know, this war is far from us. But if it, it was closer, I am sure that uh, the people from Palestine could have actually managed to cross the border to South Africa. I was going to check if we were actually going to take a similar stand. So going forward in our international relations and management of how we relate, we need to stop the double standard and be consistent in the manner in which we deal with the issues. We went to Ukraine and Russia saying we are non-aligned and Putin said, no, you have taken a side. Don't come and say to me you are non-aligned. So because Putin, they came to Putin and said, we hear that there's war between you and Ukraine. Putin said, no, no, I don't have a war with Ukraine. So he was actually making them aware that you are stupid because when you are non-aligned, take a stand until we call you if we need your assistance. That's how a non-aligned partner behaves. Now we are saying we are non-aligned, but in this case, we are very clear to say, no, 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 uh, we are no longer non-aligned. We are actually with Palestine. So we need to be clear in terms of our international position in the global issues, in the geopolitics of this, uh, of this world.
Yeah, no, most definitely. And also, then when you look at it, uh, you know, organizations like uh, your SADC, uh, what can they play? Uh, what role do we see in these particular organizations as we go about uh, wanting to resolve what is happening here at home? And, and, and how can we then uh, bring about uh, in ensuring that those organizations tend to work uh, for uh, the people here on the ground? Because then also the failures uh, would mean that they too are implicated in, in, in this particular lack of intervention where Africa is concerned? Well, uh, it's a pity that uh, SADC is a social club of presidents and ministers. Um, surely on the ground, we can't even feel what exactly is happening because whether you are a regional body or a, you know, a continental body, at least on the ground, there should be a sense that there are these continental programs that are running that you will find in Rwanda. When you go to Kenya, you'll find it. When you go to Ghana, you'll find it. Now, they only come to Pan-African Parliament and sleep in hotels. And then afterwards, we expect them to issue a press statement and say, these are key decisions for the next 10 years for this continent. And this you will find in every country when you travel. We are only able to know that only the after is the one that is something that came. And it's because it was pushed, you know, by South Africa to say, no, we really have to push this is a free uh, trade area. So if South Africa did not push that, I'm sure that we wouldn't know anything about uh, SADC and, and the African Union. And even all the pain that we have uh, witnessed in the continent, it was supposed, starting from the SADC, it was supposed to be handled by the SADC. The continental one was supposed to be handled by the African Union. Even now, South Africa, as we go to the ICJ, I expected South Africa to say, we have a mandate from the SADC. We have a mandate from the African Union. Now, no, it's this country that wants to shine because they have an arrangement with the Arab nations because of the issue of oil. So for me, there's no collaboration. It's just that South Africa is captured and they'll be funded to ensure that uh, they push uh, this matter. Because when these elephants are fighting, they will find a striker because they don't want any of them to be implicated. But they said, ah, South Africa is a neutral striker like Pesitao, and then we can actually field him there, and then he will just score. Whether he's scoring against his goalkeeper or the opponent, we will deal with that later. And then where to from here, Tabelo, when you look at it? Because I'm glad that you mentioned issues of uh, the free trade, uh, the after that we see playing out. We also members of the BRICS nation. Uh, we also, uh, you know, assigned where Agoa is concerned. How do we balance all of these things in a way that uh, we won't find ourselves uh, compromised? Because uh, there are those people in, in the school of thought uh, that uh, these particular us approaching the ICJ uh, would see us uh, just basically compromised looking at some of the relations uh, that we have over time. So looking at uh, some of our aspirations and you saying we should stop uh, double standards and the likes, uh, how how do we balance it in a way that we're not in the receiving end at the end of the day because our economy is ailing. We need these investments. Indeed, we need the investments. Uh, All we need to do is we just have to have consistent international policies to say 
whoever, whether you are America, whether you are China or you are Russia, these are the terms and conditions. And this is how we do business. Now, this thing that we check first, who is coming, who is knocking, or where are we knocking? Because I remember after that incident of uh, Putin, after the BRICS summit, uh, America made an announcement that we are reviewing South Africa's uh, participation in Agua. A group of our ministers was sent by the president to go and kneel down in New York to say, guys, please, go and kneel down and tell them that uh, we don't have any intentions to hurt America. Now, this step is worse. Now, America is watching, so we must expect implications. But in any case, everyone must know that we, you must always be ready for taking responsibility for your own actions. So South Africa must be ready. There'll be a comeback, uh, whether we like it or not. I mean, already Israel is telling the world that uh, we are told that uh, we are committing genocide. But by the way, you must know that the Minister of Police in South Africa announced in one of the quarters that 75 people are killed in South Africa daily. Well, I have not seen the, uh, the statistics, but I was listening to the, one of the international news. And when Israel is starting to spread such news, it means they have intentions as well to go to the ICJ and say, okay, before we respond, tell us what do you call this thing where 75 people are killed in one country every day. So we will also have to go and explain what do you call that before we say other people are committing gen- uh, genocide. And we know all other activities that happened. Marikara was just 44 people in one day. So sometimes we need to think before we act, especially if we have to apply our minds, not our stomachs. I mean, we have our own oil here. Instead of investing, we are rushing there because we are promised uh, lots and lots of Christmas gifts. Yeah, that's uh, something else that would uh, see us then go down, you know, because then everybody else will be offering all of these things. And uh, we are a nation uh, that has a lot of gaps, right? Like you've mentioned in in crime uh, fighting efforts, we were just talking to the police union before you came on. So uh, that would say to the international community uh, that we also need to get our house in order. As for that backlash is something that I don't even want to think about uh, when you look at where we are right now things are not really moving the way that they should so if there is any backlash that should come here uh, then it's something that is just going to destroy us all together because already so we don't need anything that will mess up our flow uh, looking at how then we're working to rebuild uh, looking at how the past 30 years have not led us to where we would want to be but I want us to leave it here uh, for this morning uh, President Tapelo I'm hoping that uh, as the days go by, we tend to get clarity. Uh, we're still expecting as well the ICJ to come back and give us a sense of how things are moving here. There are other people as well that uh, were saying the school of thought that uh, some of these uh, you know, rulings are not binding. So there's no way that you're, go- you're going to force Israel to do something, even as a court, that is not binding. Something similar to what we saw uh, play out uh, between Ukraine and Russia in terms of what's playing out there where there were interventions of similar nature but still uh, that uh, war is raging so let's just wait and see how some of these rulings would then play out in safeguarding the lives there in Gaza thank you very much for your time Tapelo 
Let the truth be told before we die and be blessed, my brother. Same to you, man. Take care of yourself. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.